The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. I ended up writing a book uh, about my journey and... um in that book, I talk about the gift of cancer. And in many ways, cancer has been a gift for me in that it's given me some valuable new perspectives. And writing that book, just the exercise itself was a gift. And the experience of publishing it and hearing from people, complete strangers who'd read it, has really been a gift. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism, and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Doug DeGroote has been a fixture in the Minneapolis advertising community for over 30 years. His award-winning work has touched many well-known brands. After he and his business partner sold their ad agency at the height of his career, Doug was diagnosed with cancer. This life-changing news brought a whole new perspective and appreciation for life. An avid golfer, Doug published a book titled The Right Side of the Fairway, 18 Golf-Inspired Lessons for Healing, Preventing, and Living with Cancer. Doug has a business consultancy and teaches advertising to college students. Ever the promoter, his newest venture is a canned cocktail, Doogie McShank's Refreshing Swing Oil, coming to a golf course near you. Doug DeGroote, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Delighted to be here, Bill. Thanks for having me. Doug, you've spent over 30 years in the advertising industry. Share with us your career journey. Well, it's uh, kind of a long, circuitous one. I didn't intend to go into the ad business uh, like a lot of folks in advertising. I kind of got there by detour. I was on my way to law school, as far as I knew, back in 1987 when I was a student at St. Thomas. And my senior year, I took a, an elective copywriting class that was taught by a gentleman by the name of Bob Thacker. Do you know Bob? I've heard the name, yes. Yeah, a legendary. Yes, yeah, yeah, legendary market. creative director. He was actually the marketing director at Target, who developed the whole expect more, pay less campaign and and is really responsible for setting the tone for target branding way back. At any rate, he was the one who inspired me to go into advertising through this class that I took. So my first job out of school was writing catalog copy for the Land's End catalog. And at that time, again, this is 1987, 1988, what most people know uh, don't know is that Minneapolis was literally the Florence, Italy of, of advertising. So big names. I mean, literally the biggest names in advertising nationally, if not globally, were here in Minneapolis. Uh, first and foremost was Fallon McGilligot. And when I was exposed to their work, I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Of course, I didn't have a portfolio that wasn't anywhere near good enough to get a job at a place like that. So it took me some time. So I worked at Land's End. I then got a job at Bozell and Jacobs, which was the predecessor agency to Fallon McGilligan. That's where Tom McGilligan and Nancy Rice came from. Worked there for two years and then thought I had died and gone to heaven when I got a call from 
Pat Burnham, who is the creative director at Fallon McGilligan at the time, who offered me a job. So I worked there for six years, did a lot of award-winning work for a lot of great clients, and then joined Tom Gabriel, who uh, was a creative director at Carmichael Lynch, working on the Harley account. We started Gabriel uh, DeGroote Bent in uh, 1998-99 and uh, did that for 20 years. So a namesake agency for you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I followed your award-winning career for many years and have had the good fortune to work with you when you were at GDB, when I worked at Valley Fair Amusement Park. Are there some campaigns that really stand out to you over your career? Oh, absolutely. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Scream campaign (laughs) that we developed for Valley Fair working with you. That was a great campaign just based on a really uh, simple universal truth, this idea that we're, that we're all born with this sort of innate need or desire to, to, to scream on occasion. I learned one thing about you then is like you love to push the envelope on creative taglines and creative thinking and the billboards that you created for Valley Fair then for the Scream ca- campaign were great. And I still remember the extreme swing ride that we launched and you were part of that launch. And I think the first uh, board we actually rejected was show us your uvula, um, (laughs) which was very funny, but not quite right for, for that ride. But ultimately the campaign we chose for that was eat lunch twice and got a lot of interest from the public uh, and definitely was a talker. Yeah, no, that was great. That was written by a great copywriter at GDB back in the day, who's now a, a executive creative director at Carmichael Lynch. His name is Josh Lloyds. Eat lunch twice. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. Great line. But some great work for, for Valley Fair. What are some other, other campaigns you really enjoyed working on? I don't know if you remember the Cure Pity campaign for Gillette Children's Specialty Healthcare. I do. And I was going to say that is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just had occasion to talk to a gentleman about that campaign today. Somebody I ran into, I had a meeting earlier today and he happened to be on the board of Gillette. And when I introduced myself and and told him uh, that I had worked on that, he he was like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how pivotal that campaign was in the history of, of the Gillette brand. You know, at that time, everybody thought they made razors. And, you know, that was one of our jobs to like really clearly define what is this brand and what does it represent in the community? And of course, all the amazing work they do for young people with uh, special medical conditions. But I'll never forget, they were very reluctant to approve that campaign because pity to them was a four letter word that just they just never liked to use that word. And we said, you know, we're going to use it. We're going to just hit it head on and it's going to have a special purpose and it's going to work. And it did. It worked like crazy. I remember after the TV campaign launched, Tom Bernard, you know, grumpy Tom Bernard. KQRS radio. Yeah. Yeah. He he had seen the, the TV campaign the night before and he went on and talked about it for about five minutes during his radio program and was, you know, practically in tears. So at that point, we knew that we had, <laughs> we had struck a chord. Well, you struck with me too. It's great. And we'll link to that spot when we post this podcast because it's just great. The other, the other one that I have always loved was the, um, and it's also one of my favorite products, is uh, the Summit 
beer, the uh, get to the bottom of it campaign. I don't know if you're familiar with I that I am one. familiar with it in Summit from St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Great brand. Mark Stutrud is a great, great guy. One of my favorite clients uh, of all time. Great product, great campaign. Loved it. You have a knack for creative billboards, and I've seen so many of them over the years. What's so special about that medium? I'll tell you, I, I do love outdoor. I always have, I think mostly for the challenge, trying to say it in, in, in seven words or less. Obviously, advertising is all about the art of brevity, and it doesn't get any more brief than, than, than outdoor you're literally talking to an audience that's moving 65, 70 miles an hour. And how do you get their attention? So it's all about, about the art of brevity. And I love that challenge. And when I think back, our agency was really able to kind of distinguish itself in the marketplace because of our strength in outdoor, because we had a lot of great copywriters who could say it succinctly with style and I still feel that way today. Our campaigns for the Black Forest Inn, I don't know if you remember a lot of those. I do, yeah. Uh, you know, so German, it's not even funny. <laughs> or, you know, bring the kids, we serve brats or brats, however you want to pronounce it. North Harvest Bean Growers, live to be an old fart. I don't know if you remember any of that stuff we did for North Harvest Bean Growers. I do. Park Dental, Hamlin University, Valley Fair, uh, as you already pointed out. Just a lot of great, memorable billboard advertising. And your agency stood out in a crowded field of agencies, many bigger than yours, really more of a boutique agency, but but the creativity within your agency was so strong. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it was because of outdoor. Uh, A lot of those billboard campaigns that we created for our clients they you know, are seen by countless thousands, if not millions, and they just they really stand out. Oddly enough, in this digital age, the only segment in traditional marketing that's, that's growing is outdoor. Really? Everything else is shrinking, uh, as you might expect. And oddly enough, one of the ways to stand out in a crowded digital landscape is with good old-fashioned outdoor. I mean, look at Apple. You know, Apple doesn't have a Facebook page, but look at how many billboards they run. Right. <laughs> so ironic. I'm intrigued by the Hammermaid campaign, Time to Get Dressed. You worked on it in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. How did that campaign come about? I've had a long history uh, with Hammermaid and that brand. In fact, I, I named the company, the brand, and, and we developed the, uh, the logo and the identity And as you know, during COVID and the whole work from home phenomenon, retail was getting absolutely hammered by uh, by people working from home. And um, Hammermaid was getting hammered especially hard, pun fully intended. (laughs) People just weren't spending a lot of money on, on clothes for work, let alone $128 dress shirts. So we decided to just kind of hit it head on and we had this idea, time to get dressed, which poked fun at the idea that, you know, people at the time were working from home and wearing sweatpants and God knows what else, just not looking their best. And, <laughs> and so we decided to kind of hit that head on. I happen to uh, remember one specific TV spot. I'm not, I'd rather have you explain the idea behind it, the 
team signing off from a Zoom call and then what happens from there. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, the guy guy signs off from a Zoom call and he looks all business, you know, from the waist up. But as soon as he gets up from his kitchen table, you see he's wearing his tidy whiteies still and he's got a pair of uh, fuzzy unicorn slippers on. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, it was a funny spot. Currently, you have a consultancy business and you're also an adjunct professor at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. How do you balance that work? Currently, it's not all that hard because I'm not, I'm not currently teaching at St. Thomas. I'm taking a little break. I'll be back in the fall. But I'm at a stage in my life where I'm no longer interested in, in burning the candle at both ends. I've made a conscious decision to kind of, you know, get out of the pressure cooker. I work a limited schedule. You know, I have a consulting business. If the phone rings, I answer it. And if it doesn't, you know, I play golf. I make time for music, which is very important in my life. And then I have a number of other passion projects that uh, that I'm busy with, uh, one of which is a uh, ready-to-drink cocktail that I'm getting ready to uh, launch here this summer. Oh, I'm excited to hear it. Any yeah. more details? Yes, it's called Doogie McShank's Refreshing <laughs> Swing Oil. It is a, it's a canned cocktail targeted directly at golfers, sold primarily on golf course properties. And it's just based on the notion that a lot of golfers, myself included, we happen to play a little better when we've had a couple, <laughs> couple of pops. I, isn't that part of golf? <laughs> <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> okay, now I'm intrigued, so I'm going to dig deeper in this topic. Do you have clients? Clients in terms of uh, distribution. Courses? Yeah, distribution. Uh, so we are currently uh, working with uh, uh, to try, try to find a distribution partner, which is not going to be a problem. It's, it's just going to be a matter of finding the right partner. Uh, but they will have the relationships with the, uh, with the uh, golf courses. So you got the formula. Do you have yep. it packaged? Is there? Is, is it? I mean, is it ready to go? You and now it's just getting it in it, the hands of golf courses. Yeah, it's close. We uh, did a round of flavor work uh, Monday this week, and then we're going to do round two. It should be the final round next week. Packaging's already done. The uh, the package design. I'll share it with you. You'll you'll absolutely love it. It's I dynamite. Uh, yeah, and if you need future taste testers, uh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first the the first <laughs> cocktail is going to be a vodka bootleg. Have you ever had a vodka bootleg? I have not. Oh, it's spectacular. So a lot of country clubs claim to have invented the vodka bootleg. Mine included. I, I'm a member at the Minicata Club and. And we claim to have invented the the bootleg, but so has White Bear Yacht Club, Interlock, and Woodhill. But it's basically a lemon lime, mint flavored vodka and club soda drink. Well, best of luck on that launch. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, tell me about teaching students in this day and age of technology. Do the principles of advertising when you were a student still apply? Well, they really do. As the song goes, the fundamental things apply as time goes by. I really believe that to be the case. As I already mentioned, advertising is all about the art of brevity. And I use this acronym with my students, SWISS, say it succinctly with style. And I don't care if you're writing a paid social media post or copy for a website or a billboard or even an email. It's all about saying it succinctly with style. 
So that's an easy enough concept to understand, especially this day and age. What's difficult with with students today is getting them to understand that it takes more than 30 seconds to write a great ad. But of course, that's all the time that they're accustomed to spending writing, whether it's a tweet or an Instagram story post or whatever it is they're writing about these days. So getting them to take the time to get all the crap out of their system and write something that's worth a darn is a hard lesson. So a shifting mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. I do an exercise with my students where I ask them to write a hundred headlines for a single print ad. And after about 25, you can tell they're just completely exhausted, but they persevere and, and it really does start to sink in and they understand that, you know, your, your first two or three ideas are not going to be very good. It's going to take, you know, a lot of bad writing before you arrive at something good. And, and that was something that I learned from uh, Tom McGilligan. Tom McGilligan used to write 100 headlines for every ad that he ever did. And there was never a better headline writer in the history of advertising than Tom McGilligan, in my opinion. At the height of your career, you and your partner sold your successful advertising business in Minneapolis. I'm guessing you had a roadmap moving forward, but some news from your doctor changed that. Tell us about that life-changing news. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's uh, it's been an interesting journey the last uh, five years. So at age 50, uh, Tom Gabriel and I, as you mentioned, we sold our, our agency. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do after that at that point. And then I got some news from uh, from my doctor that I had stage one bladder cancer, uh, and that changed everything. Long story short, it quickly progressed to stage four. I won't bore you with all the medical nitty gritty, uh, but I've been through a lot, including multiple surgeries, chemotherapy, immunotherapy. But that was five, six years ago, and and here I am today in amazingly good health and and doing well. Obviously, it's given me, you know, a whole new perspective on life, a whole new appreciation. I ended up writing a book uh, about my journey. And um, in that book, I talk about the gift of cancer. And in many ways, cancer has been a gift for me in that it's given me some valuable new perspectives. And writing that book just the exercise itself was a gift and the experience of publishing it and hearing from people, complete strangers who'd read it has really been a gift. I've read it. It's great. Oh, thank you. The title is called The Right Side of the Fairway, 18 Golf-Inspired Lessons for Healing, Preventing, and Living with Cancer. It's, it's an easy read. It's a good read. It's really for anybody, in my opinion, uh, great life lessons. Can you talk through a little bit about some of the things in the book? Each chapter represents a golf hole, which I think is apropos for, for you. And one of my takeaways from your book was just getting back to the simple things. I'm guessing you were pretty high strung as an ad exec, and, and now you're letting people merge in in front of you on the highway and just full stop at a stop sign and just the simple things. So maybe talk a little bit more about how people can utilize this book. Yeah. As you pointed out, while I wrote this for a golf audience, interestingly enough, most of the comments that I hear back from people are from non-golfers. 
and uh, women especially, who read this book and have told me, you know, I'm not a golfer, but a friend of mine suggested I read this and I read it and like I, you know, <laughs> was able to appreciate all the different metaphors and analogies that are all obviously golf based. But, you know, I talk a lot about concepts like loosening your grip pressure, which is a really important fundamental thing to do in golf in order to restore rhythm and flow to your golf swing. And the same is true in life. You said it. I, uh, I, I was fairly high strung, didn't sleep a lot, you know, was constantly waking up in the middle of the night, burning the candle at both ends and um, gripping too tight, basically. And I've really learned to loosen my grip pressure and I'm not in so much a hurry anymore. One of my favorite daily exercises is coming to a full and complete stop at stop signs. And I think I read in your book without spilling coffee. Without spilling coffee. <laughs> if, if, you can, if you can pull up that slowly and deliberately to the point where your, your forward momentum completely stops... And before you move on, it really, it has a way of just kind of calibrating you for the rest of the day and causing you to slow down and not be in such a big hurry. And I find that that just really helps put me at peace and put me at ease, which helps to alleviate stress, which I think is the number one cause of cancer. Well, again, it's a great read. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Bill. Doug, as we think about growing destinations, the title of this podcast, as well as growing businesses or even growing product lines in a post-pandemic world, what advice can you give to stand out in front of the competition? Yeah, well, again, it all comes back to fundamentals to me, whether we're pandemic or not. There's this immutable law of advertising, which is thou shalt not be invisible, and I think too many marketers today think that the world is all about one-to-one -one digital consumer marketing and that it's no longer necessary to stand out and get people's attention. And I just think that's complete nonsense. I think it's never been more important to stand out. I use this phrase, uh, smaller screens, shorter attention spans. Fact is, that's the world we're living in. And so the art of brevity, saying it succinctly with style, having an idea, being able to tell a story and captivate somebody with a story, never been more important than need for that. Great advice. Doug, this has been a fascinating conversation. I appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the success of your book and future success on McShank's Swing Oil. I love the name. Uh, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bill. It's been delightful chatting with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.